Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Ace of Spade podcast, hosted by your boy right here, Anthony Spade. And on today's episode, actually, yesterday was National Registered Dietitian Day. And on today's episode, I am joined by Kara Goss, a RD. Um, man, what an episode this was. This was actually one of my favorites to record. Um, we dive into actually the life of a registered dietitian. We discuss what the difference is between her being a coach as a dietitian and maybe being a dietitian in a weight loss clinic. Um, we discuss eating habits. We discuss restriction, why people restrict so much. Um, we discuss common problems that um, RDs face. We discuss even the education of an RD, um, what things like she sees that could be improved upon. And then we touch a little bit on our coaching journeys. Um, we both go into some of our favorite things we have as we teach clients. Um, so this is an episode that you guys are going to love. I guarantee it. Um, so um, we're going to get to that. But right before we even get to that, as you guys know, the podcast has teamed up with Morphogen Nutrition to offer you guys 10% off all supplements. Literally, they just came out with two new nutrition flavors. And from what I've heard from my other clients is that they are bomb. I'm waiting to order mine myself. Um, and I can't wait to get them in. Um, so you guys can use code SPADA for 10% off all supplements at MorphogenNutrition.com. And as you guys know, I have my own coaching company, Symbiote Strength. Um, I am accepting a few more clients at this moment. Um, I want to make sure that I offer quality service, so I'm growing a bit slowly, um, but I am making sure that my clients who I'm with now are all settled in so I can add more clients, and now is the opportunity to add more clients. So if you guys are have been wanting to sign up or thinking about it, um, we can hop on a call. Just fill out the application down in the show notes or DM me at Spada Fitness and we can get something going. Um, we can hop on a call and discuss your goals and see how we might best fit if we are a good fit. So I'm not going to waste any more time because it's already been a few minutes into this episode. So let's welcome on Kara Goss. So I actually used to work out at six o'clock in the morning yeah. at, at, at Penn State with my buddy. Okay. So he was, I don't think I could ever replace him as a training partner. Like him and I really kind of connected. Like we were friends throughout all of our college career, but we never That's lifted awesome. with each other until like our senior year. Yeah. And so we kind of had this connection and we kind of knew. And there was like a thing where, um, where we would always go in the morning. So either I would have class at like 9am some days. So we would go to 6, 6am 6 at one yeah. building. Yeah. And then the other days we would go 630 at another building and we oh would do gosh. that because I would also work at night so okay. like I worked at the bar and I would have like so did I I was a ton. bartender I had I, I was a bouncer and then I got moved up to like bar back so I did a little bit of bartending yeah I was the cool guy um loved it no I actually hated doing bar back is way worse than bartending bartending hated, is so I, easy compared to bar backing I hated um, bartending and serving <laughs> Terrible. You make a ton of money though. Right. So, it gives you it brings you a lot of patience. And I think that every single person should should bartender serve at one point in their life to learn oh, like it <laughs> helps your coaching. Like. Yes. When people aren't when people aren't like consistent or something, you like you kind of get used to it. Like the amount of times I've had people tell me no to my face and they're drunk, yeah. I'm kind of just like laughing. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, you're still gonna leave. It's like yeah. you're gonna do yeah. it. So oh um those bring back some good memories, but yeah, no, we would always go like early in the morning because we had, like, he was an engineer major yeah. as well. So we would always be busy mm -hmm. and that was the only way to really fit in like okay. studying 
and going to the gym. Yeah. So we would go and there would be like, we see the same like four people in there. And it was probably the least crowded time yeah. to ever go was yeah. right in the morning. See, I, it's not super, super crowded in the morning. I'm the kind of person who likes people being in the gym around me though. Like I like, I do, I have, I hate using the word motivation, but like, I don't have as much drive if I'm in an empty gym. You know what I mean? Like I like having other people around me. Well, I think it's also a thing where too, we're in an age where, or we're at least in a time period where it's like, you don't get as much like interaction with people. Yeah. Like every interaction's like through this. Yes. Instead of like actually person to person. So I'm like, the gym's actually been the saving grace for the past like a few months because it's like you're able to actually go see people and they actually all have a common goal. So it's like, they're actually people I want to be around rather than like, like you could be at work and it could be like, you could be around someone who's like not into anything. And like, you're kind of like, damn, that really sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it kind of drains you. So yep. it's nice to be in the gym where there's actually people who have a common goal. Yes, 100%. I feel it. Well, we already started recording. Um, so oh, awesome. Love I'm it. here. I am here with another PA native, Kara uh, yes. Goss. Uh, she's also an RD. Uh, kind of just want to intro to yourself on who you are and stuff and how um, kind of you became a coach. We'll go into why you chose RD after that, but uh, just kind of give a little, a little bit of info about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like Anthony said, my name is Kara Goss. I am a registered dietitian and personal trainer as well. And, um, I mean, realistically, I, I started with my own fitness coach three years ago, um, Justin Mahaley, which many of your listeners probably know who that is as well. And, you know, getting into becoming an RD is another story. So I'll answer that later. But really becoming a coach was something that I never expected to do. Um, Owning a business is something that I never expected or thought that I could do either. Something that I always kind of held myself back from. Um, But honestly, the way that I got into coaching was back in 2018, I started putting out tons of educational content on Instagram. And I was just pretty much how we all start out, right? We just want to give free value and we want to help people. And so I started giving out tons of education and I started getting a lot of messages back. Like, hey, will you help me with this? Will you give me macros? Will you do all of these things? And I'm like, I got to do something about this. So I was way too afraid to actually start coaching yet I knew that I wanted to at some point because Justin had kind of like instilled that in me just from the amount of progress I had made with him and how much he had changed my life in that short period that I had already been working with him I was like I want to do this someday but I just it was that imposter syndrome it was feeling like I didn't know enough so I was like okay let me start doing like one-time consults. So I started doing one-time <laughs> macro consults. Um, I would give people like a sample meal plan. Like I would calculate their macros for them, give them some suggestions on like um, workouts and exercises, different things like that. And so I started doing that and I was like, okay, now I'm giving these people these consults, but are they really following it? And is it really making that much of a difference in their lives in the weeks and months after that? And I just knew that I needed to make a bigger impact. I knew that 
to truly make a change in someone's life, they needed ongoing coaching. And I knew that. So really, I took the leap in October of 2019. I did hire a business mentor and um, I really just went for it. And honestly, I could never expect to be where I'm at today. Like I never expected that I would be here, but that was really just always my purpose was to just make a positive impact and make a lasting impact at that. Not just one where I'm just giving you some information and then you're taking it from me and being like, okay, I might use this. Like, no, I want you to truly change your life. So that's kind of how I got into coaching. Yes. Yes. What inspired you to make those educational posts? Because you said that's how it kind of started. So what actually pushed you to actually do that? Because I know a lot of people are always, and I've, I've been in the same boat, is I get the imposter syndrome whenever I post something educational. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I hope I know what I'm talking about. And I hope it sounds, <laughs> I I, you're like, I hope it sounds right. Because if it doesn't sound right, yep. someone's going to call me out and they're going to be like, you're a crap coach. Um, so what? <laughs> What kind of like inspired you though to kind of create like that educational content to even begin with? Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. I was seeing, I followed so many different fitness coaches at the time. And I feel like even since 2018, the space has changed so much. Um, but I remember seeing other fitness coaches and, you know, like quote unquote nutritionists or whatever it may be posting all of this education. And I was like, I am a registered dietitian, why am I not doing this? Like, why am I not putting my knowledge out there? So it was really influenced from other people in the space and um, really just getting questions in like my own personal life from my own like family and friends and different things like that, that really pushed me to do it. And I also just like, don't get me wrong. I was terrified. Like I remember (laughs) making I remember making my very first Instagram story and being scared if my if my old roommate is listening to this, she's going to crack up being like nervous to post it because I was afraid that like she would hear me (laughs) talking to my phone and like that I would be so judged for like coming on video on Instagram and like trying to inspire people (laughs) like I, I was the same way. Yeah. I was like, am I corny for doing this? But honestly, like that, I remember posting that video and I think it was something about, you know, something about like self-love and just like having confidence and stuff. And I remember getting so many messages back to that, like, oh my God, I resonate with this. And then I was just like, you know what? I need to do this because people, whether or not you think that you're a leader, whether you have like 10 followers or 10,000 followers, like you, somebody is looking at you, somebody's watching you. And I wanted to be that leader. I wanted to be that person who was like giving education and giving reliable and valuable education, not the BS that was out there because there's still so much BS. We know that, but yeah. Yeah. I think that even starts now. Like I look at it, like you feel that pressure from people who are above you. Like yes. people, like you, like you look at someone like Justin or mm-hmm. like people above me, like Kylie, like Josh, like all these people. And you're like, they kind of have an expectation that like of me as a coach, yeah. like as like a friend to actually post educational stuff to help others. Yep. So it's like, that's what pushes me. But I yep. also remember doing my stories. <laughs> my stories were at six o'clock in the gym, six o'clock walking to the gym. I would create oh stories God. telling people to get their ass, uh, get their asses up and get, and get moving. 
And oh my god! You know how many DMs I would, like? Some people would reply to my stories, and it was hysterical. I'm like, you can barely see my face. It's like up in up in uh state college it gets like dark it's like really really dark at like that's so funny and i'm like you can barely see my face and all you can hear is my voice saying like wake up and i'm like damn i was like i wonder if people actually listen to these and then i got like messages as i kept doing them more and more and they're yeah. like yeah we love these so yes. I, always, I always kept doing them but now i don't do them because I, I, don't go to the gym. I don't go to the gym at six o'clock in the morning anymore because oh, i have learned yeah. i have learned my lesson as I need to be, I need to be fully charged throughout the day to actually go to the gym and be productive. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, man, like, like I am an early workout person. Like when I spring out of bed and I'm like, let me get my steps in, let me eat my breakfast and I'm ready to freaking go. <laughs> oh my God. Everyone's different. I do. I do an hour. I do an hour downstairs in my basement because it's cold and I'm like, I'm, okay. not, going, I'm not going outside to get my steps in. Uh, I have a big, huge basement, so I literally like grab. I go my, outside. I grab my computer, I and I walk around my basement, like it just put on like YouTube yep. videos or educational videos, and I'll just walk yep. around for like an hour and get like six thousand steps in, and I'm like, dude, that's done. so like, halfway funny. done. So I'm like, so my rule like, for myself, people love it. Yes, my rule for myself is if it's less than 25 degrees outside, I'm not going out. <laughs> but if it's more than 25 degrees, I can bundle and get my steps in. I'm not a baby, but it's fine. Well, I love cold weather uh, though, so. Well, so do I, but I can't wait to move down to Virginia because I need yes. a little bit. I need a little bit of warmer weather. I'm <laughs> sick of PA. Uh, <laughs> but on, on the other thing, so like why did you choose the RD life? Like, um, what, what really inspired you to go down that path, um, to like actually become a registered dietitian? Yeah, absolutely. So I always like to say that I don't really have, so I always said that I didn't really have this fancy story, but as I look back, my story kind of evolved over like my schooling years and everything like that. But honest to God, the reason why I became a dietitian is because one day during my senior year of college, I was like sitting on the couch with my mom and I was like, mom, like, what do I want to go to school for? And she was like, well, you really like food. And I'm like, yeah, I <laughs> like food. Thanks for pointing that out. I do. And she was like, well, like, why don't you go to be a dietitian? Because she was a social worker in a hospital. So she worked with the dietitians all day long. And she was like, their job is so easy. Like they just calculate people's needs and go on their way. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll go to be a dietitian. So that's what I did. I when I got accepted into the dietetics program and um, really that's how it started. But I will say that like over the years, I had a ton of issues with like weight gain. I was a very chubby um, teenager and at a very young age, like I was told by a very close family member that I was fat and it really spiraled me into like running for hours on the treadmill, listening to my Hannah Montana CD when I was like 13 years old. Um, and it really spiraled me into diet culture, like trying all of the fad diets, all of the quick fixes everything. Like I swear to God, I, I tried everything during college, even while I was going to become a dietitian, which is wild to me. Um, but then during my, um, dietetic internship, right before I hired Justin during throughout the summer before my internship and during, I started really struggling with binge eating, um, binging and restricting. And that just completely like honestly destroyed me as a person like 
no one ever really knew how bad it was except for my sister. She was the only person who ever really like resonated with me about it. Um, and it just really took a hit at my confidence. It took a hit at who I was. I was like, I'm going to school to become an RD and I can't even handle my own nutrition. Like what is going on? And I just felt so uncomfortable in my skin. And, and, you know, that led me into hiring Justin and pretty much completely transforming my own body and my life. But really, I would say like the reason I chose to become a dietitian at first was because, oh, I like food and I wanted to calculate people's needs. But as time went on, it was so I want to make sure that no one else ever feels the way that I did and that no one else ever feels like they have to fear food and they have to fear lifting heavy weights and they have to restrict themselves. So that's like really one of the main drivers why I became a, a dietitian to again, make that positive impact on people's lives. Cause like what I went through, I never want to have someone go through that. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just kind of going to resonate with that. I was like, do you, do you ever, like experience, like when you get someone who comes to you and they've restricted so much, um, like, do you use that? Has your experience like yourself and you developing the habits, like even from like working with Justin or even just yourself, like noticing like yourself changing, um, does that help you with kind of treating those cases where people do restrict themselves? Yes, absolutely. And it's funny because a lot of people always tell me like you see yourself in your clients and the people normally who you're drawn to are, is like your former self. And I see that a lot in some of my clients, you know, people who do have binging, you know, issues and who do restrict and it does allow me to help them so much more because I was able to overcome that and I learned how to do it for myself. So every single person takes needs a different approach, you know, for me, macros helped me overcome binging, like truly understanding my needs and realizing like, holy shit, I can eat this much and still look this way and feel this way that helped me overcome it because I, I completely eliminated that fear of food mindset in the quote unquote, good versus bad mindset. And for a lot of my clients, they feel the same. Now for some people, macros might do quite the opposite and they might lead them into an eating disorder or something of the sort. You know what I mean? Again, it all just depends on the person, but it definitely does allow me to help them more because I can relate to them so much and kind of walk them through the steps that I took to overcome that. And now I kind of want to ask this and this might be a little personal with it, but um, I kind of want to talk about the actual restriction, like why, like get into kind of why people actually restrict so much or what you see might be the common causes that do it because we live in a, one thing that I see is we live in a society where I think it was the other day I saw it on someone's story. Like they, it might've been on like a daily mail thing mm-hmm. or something like they trashed some girl for like eating a banana. And I was like, you gotta be kidding oh me. Oh my God. I, I saw that. Like, yep. <laughs> so like, why do people like, what's kind of the, the kind of not just like the mind, like the physiological, yeah. uh, but the sociological behind like why people might like restrict so much. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, I mean, the very first thing is that, again, like we live in this world where diet culture is so prominent and we are taught all of our lives to eat less, eat less, eat less. I think it starts from a very young age. Like I remember myself listening to my mom talk about like 
doing, you know, doing different diets or like cutting down carbs or whatever it may be. And I was told that from a very young age as well. So I think that one, it's, it definitely stems from your environment, depending on what kind of environment you grow up in. If you had a family member who was always kind of like trying to diet, trying to crash diet, all of those things, that's definitely a really big part in it. But then just growing up in this world where we have access to everything. We have access to, you know, the news, social media, TV, we have access to everyone's lives. And everyone is focusing on this image of perfection, of smaller, of leaner, of quote unquote, more tone, whatever it may be. And what diet culture constantly pushes is to eat less, eat less, eat less, or remove some kind of food. And just like the automatic, you know, removal of food, I think really equates to, okay, so I should just eat less. Like I definitely need to eat less of, oh, you know, overall intake or a certain food group. Um, so I think that honestly, it stems, the majority of it, I would say stems from your environment and from the media that you're consuming, you know, and I will say that social media is becoming much more inclusive and much more kind of like body positive, if you will. And I love that. Um, but I really think that for most, those are the biggest factors of it. And then obviously from like a mental standpoint, it's like, what we're fed all of our lives, like from media, just constantly plays this role in how we're looking at ourselves. And we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and to probably, I literally just made a post about this yesterday that I edit, that I used to edit my pictures to make myself look thinner. Like three, four years ago, I would do that. We're constantly comparing ourselves to this image of something that's probably not even real. So I would say like, those are probably the biggest things and I don't know if people just like to be hungry or something but not me <laughs> I could tell you I actually Josh actually asked this question to me and this is not this is not to kind of be funny but he was like would you rather be starving like really starving in a prep or would you rather be force feeding in an off season and I oh was like God. I was like hmm. probably force feed I was yeah. like, I'll come to the point where I'll eat more yep. food than actually be suffering because I rather, because I'm also Italian and I have a, and I love food, um, yeah. which is just a great case. But I also went through, I actually went through a period of restriction myself, uh, yeah. but mine was actually um, medicine, redu medicine induced. So oh, I had, okay. so I had like ADHD as a child. Okay. Um, I mean, I still do now, but I use adaptogens and like nootropics to actually get through that. Um, yeah like actually the right way, which they should do in modern medicine, I think. Yep. More functional. Uh, yeah. And I would take whatever and it would make me like not eat for like the whole school day. Like I wouldn't eat for like, like 10 hours and I would be like, so focused. Like, this is what, this is what people, if people, if you take an Adderall in college, this is literally what it is. Everybody's like, yeah. Oh, I take it. All I do is just work. Mm -hmm. uh, literally that's it. And I remember I wouldn't eat until I probably felt like I was going hypo where I like started to go dizzy and I oh started to kind of get like, I started to feel like I was going to like die at that point. Yeah, and yeah. so I would restrict to that uh, because of the medicine, because it was just like, I didn't want to eat. Like that was the feeling that the medicine gave me. So right. it's like, it's kind of crazy, but I actually, I'm trying to think if I ever went through a period where, you know, I did it myself 
I actually did it myself last two summers ago. So summer 2019. Okay. Uh, I, I think I was like 165 pounds. I was like, fuck, I'm going to get lean. I'm just going to do it. I was like, (laughs) there's, I I was like, I got down like 10, I got down like, like 10 pounds and I was like suffering though. When I got down to like down just 10 pounds and I was like, oh my God, I was on like 1600 calories, 1700 calories. Oh, hell no. I was like, this sucks. Um, And I felt like shit. And yeah, and honestly, restriction does more than people think like like you, mm-hmm. you can affect your hormones with it. Like your thyroid will, yep. slow, will slow down uh, a lot when you do that. Um, yeah. And I remember I just felt like shit. It was probably because my thyroid was probably freaking yes. slowed down. It's yeah. really, to be honest. Um, so it's kind of something. Crazy. Yeah. That's something huge that people don't realize. And, and it's, it's kind of like whenever I bring a client on and I'm trying to explain to them, Hey, you've been eating 1100 calories for the past However, like, say I have, like, I have a 55 year old client who has, who was pretty much eating that for the large majority of her life. I'm like, we have to, like, we are going to take a long time to restore things. And it's kind of unlearning everything that we've ever been taught. And like, you almost find that whenever you explain all of these adaptations that happen, you know, with, with the thyroid and energy output and all of those things, you almost find that you feel like people don't believe you because in fed is eat less, eat less, eat less. And when you're telling them to do the exact opposite of what they've been told by the media and diet culture, it's difficult for sure. Yeah. Now I kind of want to go into that because you're kind of, you're kind of hitting on eating habits Yeah. and I want to touch on this. So like describe, I mean, you kind of did just describe one instance, but describe like what you see with people's habits. Like I know people eat less and less, but what, what are the habits that people even like come to you with, especially as an RD, I feel like more people will come to you with rather maybe even, maybe even eating disorders because like you're able to actually deal with those cases as an RD. So like, what do you see when people actually come to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say that honestly, one of the very biggest things that I see is, is the undereating. I'll say that probably 95% of the clients that I see need some sort of reverse diet, need some sort of restoration phase. And it just honestly is so difficult to explain that to them. Um, it's gotten so much easier and I've been able to really articulate what I mean whenever I say that this is what we need to do because I'm very... I'm very education driven and I want you to understand why we're doing what we're doing, you know, but I would say that the majority, and it's funny because I feel like, especially like on Instagram, you always see like 1200 calories, but I truly feel like that is pretty much what my clients come to me eating anywhere from a thousand to 1200, 1300 calories. I will say that if it's not that, then it's that their entire intake is all over the place. So they're eating like 900 some days and like 2000 on the weekends. And it's just like, kind of just up and down, up and down. So that's a little bit difficult to manage as well, you know, because it's your data's all over the freaking place. Um, but those would be the two big kind of like calorie intake markers that I see with my clients. I have had some clients come to me who have only been legitimately eating like one meal a day that was like, they would be eating like six, 700 calories a day, which is just absolutely insane to me. And those are the kind of clients who were like 
probably very busy throughout their day. And there's kind of people who just quote unquote, forget to eat, which I still don't understand. The people <laughs> forget to eat. I will never understand that. <laughs> oh, I think the best thing, I think uh, you might agree with me on this one, but I think the best thing that we ever hear is like the first like week or two on the, on the plan. They're like, how do you eat so much food? I'm like, yep. I'm like, I'm eating like, like I'll tell them out like I'll tell them like they're not eating that like to truly be honest they're not eating that much food because we're we're going we're reverse dining back in yeah and I'm like uh, then I send them my macros and I'm like this is a lot of food I was yes. like imagine imagine doing this every day like yep. that's what Mark did to me one time I was like yeah you gotta I, put I it in the, perspective I hit the brick wall one mm-hmm. time with like my hunger like my appetite got shot for one week yeah and I was like I was like oh Mark I'm feeling this and he's like imagine eating double because that's yep. what I'm, and then he's like, that's what I'm doing. And I was yep. like, damn, I'm not really that. I'm like, I'm in that state. But um, how do you go about bettering these habits, especially with people like who may only eat one meal a day? Like it's tough to develop. One thing that I'm finding is I also have a client who has like businesses that have like 600 clients yeah. and it's like ridiculous. Like it's kind of like he lives a very busy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um and he's like, dude, like first few weeks, like the first week he was like, oh, I forgot to eat like, like all the time and his macros would be under. And I'm like, we right. have to get them in. So how do you, right. how do you go about um, developing those better, those better ha- like eating habits? Yeah, that's a really good question. So first things first, is I lay down the foundation of the fact that they are going to feel full and just to kind of like bounce off of your story. Like I remember when the first like three weeks that I started with Justin, I legitimately thought I was going to puke every single day. (laughs) I was like, I don't think that I can eat this like turkey and beans or whatever I'm eating. I'm like, I am going to die. It's like, But sure, like, sure enough, eventually it did even out and like the hunger levels out. And that's really what I try to explain to my clients. I'm like, listen, you're going to feel really full at first because we're taking you likely from a diet that is lacking in protein, fiber and water. And we're adding all of those things in and The thing is, is that I do try to start, um, you know, if I have a client who is really like, you know, they're doing like fast food for every meal, like getting like zero veggies, like no protein, whatever it may be. I do start in increments just because I find that like, obviously with people like us, we're able to just like, we have that mentality of like, we got to get it in by any means. Like I'm going to, you know what I mean? But like with lifestyle clients, beginner clients, and even I'm a lifestyle client, but you know what I mean? Like more beginner clients, it's definitely difficult to kind of push that on them. Um, So I definitely start with like increments, obviously, and like just working on like this many grams of fiber, this many grams of protein, like I'm not going to put them at where they're, where I think their peak protein could be yet. If they're only eating like 50 grams of protein a day, you know what I mean? So I'll start to work them up from that, but then also just really making sure that the planning aspect is in place. I think that that's something that is super, super helpful for our clients is like, I preach this to my clients all the time, but if you are not like pre-planning your food, if you're not planning ahead, if you don't know what you're going to eat that day, especially for beginners, you are going to come up short and you're going to be trying to fit all of these different pieces of of the puzzle in throughout the day with your macros. When in all reality, we could have just pre-logged the night before and 
knew exactly what we needed to eat. You know what I mean? So really making sure that we're planning ahead and understanding like the why behind why we need to eat this much. But I also really teach, um, even for, even for like not so beginner clients, but clients who still don't have a ton of experience with macros, I really try to teach them just how to build their actual meals and snacks, because it's amazing. Like how many people just don't even know how to build like an, a plate with like enough carbs, enough protein, enough fat, enough, you know, fibrous veggies and fruit. So really focusing on that basic foundation first, and then kind of going from there with their macros is really how I handle it. Um, and I, I work a lot with my client schedules. Like I do, I have some of my clients send me their entire schedule and I'll be like, okay, like this is where we can plan out our meals for the day because they need like that much accountability. You know what I mean? And I yeah. will give that to them, yeah. but it genuinely is just working with each client. Like I've given macros to some clients and they're like, all right, I'm good to go. But other clients, we need like a strict plan of like, okay, this is when we're going to eat, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It's definitely, it's very individual. I do the same thing um, with a lot of my newer clients or people who do have a busy lifestyle. I honestly focus on like hitting one macro at a time. So I add it in every single time. And I'm like, once we can get one consistent, then because people don't have problems ever getting in the carbs and the fats usually. Oh, actually, I have had fats actually. Fats are hard. Yeah. Fats are hard. Yeah. Uh, but that's because people struggle to like, they're like, what do I even eat? And I'm like, you just gotta, you just gotta put things in olive oil. I'm like, I'm like, just throw, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, just throw olive oil on this. Just cook your veggies in olive oil. I will say too, I forgot to say this, that yes, most of my clients start out with only a calorie and protein goal. And then we move into full macros because realistically, unless they've had previous experience counting macros, I just find that that's easiest for them. Yeah. Because they, they know, cause we know as coaches that they're probably going to overeat on the carbs yes. and yeah. restricting them even further does mm-hmm. even more damage. So it's yeah. like, but then they get the realization that they're not eating enough protein and they're like, wow, this is that the protein is when they start to feel the fullness. Yes. Um, yes. And it's so funny. Cause it's like, you think that it's a lot at first, but then I, I love when my clients are like, I'm craving protein now. Like I want to eat it <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, yes, I, I'm the same exact way. Like I personally, I love protein. So I could, I could eat so much more, you know, I I'm on the complete different boat. I'm eating oh, you're like, way different than me. So I'm eating fine. like 250 grams of protein. I'm like, this is enough. I'm, I'm like, this is enough. My last meal, my last meal of the day for people, uh, because apparently people love to know what others eat. Um, <laughs> they which, do. They truly do. <laughs> which I'm like, you don't need to eat. They, they do not eat like me. I'm a very much a robot of, I eat the same thing every day. So you're not going to get anything different. And same. my last meal is like egg whites and eggs. And I'm like, Yep. This is a horrible meal, but I've been doing it for like eight months straight. And I'm like, it helps me hit my goal. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I really need to sub out egg whites at this point. Cause I'm like, the volume yep. is just like ridiculous. <laughs> I think that's the other thing that people get, they over kind of overcomplicate it and overthink it. It's like, whatever will help you hit your goal, yeah. you know, like it doesn't, sometimes it's going to be weird. Like sometimes I'm, I'm eating some pieces of like deli turkey at like 9 PM. <laughs> it's a protein. <laughs> 
but like you just gotta do it you yeah, know like sneak in like sneak in like three almonds you're like yeah. hey it was like it was like or um there's a few times when i'd be like traveling like i traveled once during this time in like november yeah and we were we were kind of just chilling all day and like my mm-hmm. schedule was kind of messed up from where it was like when i'm here yeah to when i'm at somewhere else so at the end of the night it'd be like a whole like mosh it'd be like a bowl of like just like i call it just like the bowl of macros i'm like yes bowl of macros is my favorite meal ever (laughs) like all of my meals are like bowls of just shit i'm just (laughs) i'm like just one big salad it's fine i'm just of no actual lettuce (laughs) yeah so what are um so besides like the eating habits and the under eating um what did you do were you a full-time were you a full-time rd before you went into coaching yeah, so it's this is actually a funny story. So I finished, I graduated my master's in in May of 2019, and I applied to jobs for months. Like I probably applied to over 100 jobs, did not get one until January of 2020. Um, that's another flaw in the dietetics field that I will digress on. But um, I started coaching actually before I got a full-time job. I was waitressing at Cheesecake Factory and coaching at the same time, but like I didn't have a huge roster. I probably had like five to 10 clients at that time. Um, But then, so I worked at my full-time RD job from January of 2020 to this past November of 2020. And I was a community dietitian. So I did um, nutrition education in low income populations and in like schools, I was teaching in a lot of schools, which was fun. Awesome. So what are, so what, so during your full-time job, what's coming the, what's some of the common problems that you face as like, as a registered dietitian, because I know they do, there's a lot more that goes into it than just what we do as online coaches. Like we don't even, we don't even scratch the surface. I feel like when like compared to what an RD does? Yeah, so I'm honestly going to challenge that a little bit because I will say that, okay, in the clinical realm, if I was talking clinical realm, that might be true because yes, RDs do have to take into consideration a lot of things, a lot of different disease states, working with different doctors. Um, It also depends on what field you're in as well in the clinical realm. Like I would say, even like during my dietetic internship, like I remember going through like the critical care unit and like learning tube feeds and like intro and parenteral nutrition and how to calculate that stuff. And that stuff's scary because like you are you you, like you can overfeed someone and kill them you know what I mean so like that's the definitely like yeah you gotta know yourself right but like um so clinical in that realm yes in the realm that I was in in community nutrition honestly was very very basic it was very basic nutrition education um I would say that you know some of actually some of the things that I ran into is that with, um, you know, the company that I worked with, I felt that a lot of their information that they were giving out actually wasn't as updated as I would like, would have liked it to be. And I was like struggling to like give some of the, (laughs) like, I know better than this. Um, and it is something that I, that I uh, brought up a few times, but I would say like, particularly working with like nutrition education and low-income populations is that there was so much to take into consideration aside from just 
teaching them about nutrition. Like you had to take into consideration whether they had access to certain food or not, whether they had access to certain like appliances, um, what their education level was even like. Like I would speak with like even like 50 and 60 year olds who didn't really know like what, like what food group rice belonged in. You know what I mean? So it was actually one of the biggest challenges is like bridging the gap between our knowledge, which is like way up in the clouds to someone else's knowledge, which is like down on the ground. And you have to bridge that gap between them, you know, but I'll say like during that job, honestly, a lot of basic nutrition education, but through like my dietetic internship and clinical and different things like that, I worked with a lot of different disease states. I worked in, I worked at the Johnstown um, hospital. I'm sure you, okay. do you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was a pretty big hospital. And I got to work with a team of seven RDs who each had a specialty, which was awesome. So I really got to see into, you know, different things like nutrition for liver, liver health, like heart disease, um, GI issues, critical care, all of those different things. Um, so that really helped me get like a more well-rounded experience in my knowledge as well. Um, and I honestly, I loved clinical because I'm just like that nerd who loves learning about that yeah. stuff. But at the same time again, it wasn't the impact that I wanted to make. Like I would go, I would get consulted for like a diet, a diabetic education. And the person would be like ready to leave. And I'm like, this person is not taking what I just said and actually like carrying it with them, you know? And that's what killed me. It was like walking out of the room, knowing that they probably weren't going to listen to anything I said. And so. you talked about being a clinical dietitian. Um, what's the difference kind of between being clinical and then being like yeah. a coach? Because there's Cause like you kind of said, there's a lot of information that you just said that needs to be updated. And us as coaches, mm -hmm. like our role is to continue our own education. And that's what we do. Like we discussed this before that we're both taking Mark's class and stuff. So it's yes. like, we're both continuing our education to keep updated with what's with what these top level coaches are actually like learning and what yeah. they're, and what they're doing. So mm -hmm. Um, what's the difference between like being a coach and keeping to those traditional roles of being a dietitian, a weight loss clinic? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say that I can't speak to like actually being a clinical RD because I never was one. I was only, you know, technically a clinical RD in my dietetic internship, but I was only an intern. Right. But I will say that, you know, a lot of things are like that very basic kind of by the book. And I would notice as well, like even like some of the handouts we used and things like that, I'm like, they were definitely outdated. They were, and they were based on kind of like older recommendations. And I will say, I'll call it conservative. That's what I would like to say is like, you're going to find that through, you know, recommendation, supplementation, whatever it may be, a clinical setting is going to be more conservative with things and they're going to take more of a, you know, direct route looking just at like treating the symptoms versus coaching where if you are more of, you know, a 
health-focused coach like we are, we're going to take a more functional route and we are going to look at your overall lifestyle. We're going to look at stressors. We're going to look at sleep. We're going to look at, you know, GI health. We're going to look at what, what is the nutrient density of your food? Everything, like what kind of cardio are you doing? Whatever it may be, all of that encompassing kind of our plan for you but in a weight loss clinic or like in a hospital setting like I specifically remember doing an outpatient consult with um, one of the dietitians at my clinic and I remember being so disappointed because I was really excited I thought that like at one point I wanted to do outpatient because outpatient was more like one-on-one counseling and you had more time with that person and like the rd and this is i feel like i'm like bashing like (laughs) like, i just want to preface this by saying i respect clinical rd so much and like the dietetics field but this was just my experience with it um but like the rd just like handed her like a handout of like i think it was a diabetic consult of like um this is like how many carbs you should have at each meal, like kind of like carb counting and everything. And just like really, really didn't get to know the patient at all. Like didn't really discuss in depth anything else, like any other lifestyle factors. It was almost just kind of like, she was like, here's this handout, like let's follow it. And that was just like a really big disappointment to me because I was like, man, like, again, like I just want to make so much more of an impact. So I would say that, you know, coaches are very proactive, at least the right coaches are right. And like, I'll say this about, you know, like there are some shitty coaches out there and there are some shitty dietitians out there too. Like, just because I'm a dietitian, that doesn't make me a great coach. What makes me, my credential does not make me a good coach or a great coach. It makes me a great, I'm a great coach because I truly care and I further my education and I take a functional approach with all of my clients. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at more than just like, here's your macros, you know? Yeah, exactly. I would say that's a really big difference between the two. And don't get me wrong. Like there are tons of, it really just depends on the hospital that you're at and the area that you're in as well. You know, there are some places that are more up to date and more advanced than others. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. One thing, one thing I wanted to ask is because you kind of discussed this like trend of like maybe the education of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is something that you kind of wish maybe during your time as getting educated as an RD that like now, like continuing your education as a coach, yeah. um, like what is something that you wish was improved upon? Because I know at least for an RD, it's more nutrition stuff. Yeah. Even doctors don't get as much. It's like a few nutrition classes for doctors. So what's something that you wish was improved, at least in the education of maybe becoming an RD? Yeah. So I had like so many different classes. Like I got, so there was so much practice in every single field. And a lot of it is like the main portion of like your dietetics program, a lot of it is your clinical dietetics. So on the medical side, Mm -hmm. disease states, and then also your sciences. So like your chem, your microbiology, all of like physiology, all of those different things. And I truly wish that And again, I think it's, I think it'll happen as more research comes out because obviously like college classes are based on research that we already have published and books and all of these things. And like, obviously they're not as up to date as we are because we're learning these things in real time. You know what I mean? But I would say the biggest thing is like the application in understanding 
how to actually like change someone's overall one body and body composition and two lifestyle because realistically I am not gonna lie like the only thing that I was taught in school about weight loss is oh just subtract 500 calories that's it like you're good I'm like it's crazy like night and day how much different it is and who I'm not sure I'm not in school anymore obviously so things might have changed but I would say like the application aspect and just understanding all of the different roles that everything plays in our body like our sex hormones our thyroid hormones our our gut health all of those different things and how they're all interconnected to someone's overall lifestyle to their disease state and to their physical progress i feel like whenever we were learning about like disease states we it was like each its own like kind of separate thing and there wasn't really any application of it it was like i had all of the knowledge in my brain coming out of school i'm like man like I'm freaking smart. Like I'd be great in school. I'm not going to lie about that. But I was like, I have no idea how to apply this to someone whatsoever. So that's definitely, I would say that's the biggest thing for sure. Awesome. And then my last big question before we get into the final three um, is this is kind of going to take a different route. Um, Step away, go into your coaching aspect. What's kind of the best thing? I kind of wanted to give us a little time to chat about this. What's the best thing that you see in clients? throughout your journey, throughout their journey with you as their coach? Oh my God, that's so freaking hard because there's so many things. I think that the biggest thing is just their overall confidence in themselves and who they are. Like I like that mental shift, like, don't get me wrong. The physical transformations, they're freaking awesome. They're so fun to see and, and to, you know, help transform my clients' bodies. But like, the mental shifts are everything to me. The fact that my clients can actually go on vacations and go out to eat and not feel scared of food. The fact that they're lifting more than ever and they're not afraid to go into the weight section and like be the only girl in the weight section and they actually feel like freaking amazing. That's the kind of stuff that I love is just like the overall confidence because at the, literally I have, I don't think I've had a single client who's come out of coaching with me who hasn't been able to say that their confidence has skyrocketed. So yeah. that's yeah. my favorite thing for sure. I think that's, that's one of mine too. I always say, I always say it's not the best thing. Isn't I said the same thing. Like the best thing isn't the physical change. No. The physical change is kind of the easier thing. It's just like finding, well, it might not be the easiest change. You might have to find root causes and down, yeah, down deep, it can but, be tough. <laughs> but it can be tough. But for most circumstances, um, it's not the most challenging part. The challenging part is actually like changing who they are, like yes. in their mindset towards life. Because yes. I see it. I don't know about you, but I get messages all the time from my clients saying like, like how much like their energy levels go up or how confident they feel. And then like, yep. it leads to like, like, I have a few clients who are in school right now and they're like, it's like job fair time. And they're like, Oh, I got these interviews. So like, like when you get messages like those, those mean more to me as a coach than they, than like seeing your check-in at like the end of the week saying like, Hey, I dropped like two pounds. I'm like two pounds, eight, two pounds, eight, you getting an interview for a possible full-time job is kind of, is like one of the best parts. Yes, it truly is. And that's funny. I think it's in atomic habits. Have you read that book? Yeah. So yeah, he talks about like changing who you are. You have to believe that you're someone different. And I would say that that's like, yeah, that's the biggest thing of all is like watching them change and grow as a person. So 
And then actually, I want to ask you the hardest thing. What's the hardest thing to see, like the hardest thing to deal with with your clients, like in their journey? I'm not even going to lie, talking them off the ledge of the scale every single week. That is literally (laughs) like, I like, it is something that because it breaks my heart and don't get me wrong, like my clients have like, they transform so much in their relationship with the scale. But I would say that's honestly the hardest thing is like talking them off that ledge, making them understand that this is more than a number. And uh, no, there's also a tie with wanting it more than they do because there have definitely been some clients in the past where I have absolutely like wanted their success more than they did. It wasn't that 50, 50. I felt like I was giving 60, they were giving 40. And I think that's the hardest thing because I just, I care so much and I just want them to succeed so badly. But the hardest thing is accepting that if they don't want that for themselves, that you can't change that. Yeah. I, so I find that to be one of the, I find that to be the hardest thing, but I also Mm -hmm. find though, it takes a few weeks for that to actually happen. Yes. Um, no matter what I post online, no mm-hmm. matter what I post on Instagram, no matter mm-hmm. how hard my messages go, like touch them. Yeah. It's yeah. like the, it takes, it takes a few weeks for them to buy into your process. It does. Yeah, like, it does. Like the point is they come to you as a coach because they trust you enough to yep. guide them, but there's always that level of trust that needs to be developed within like that first week. And like yeah. when you answer their questions, like literally like this is like advice for the coaches like give them education yes tell them you know your shit because the more you know the more like you know your shit is not only going to get you better results as a coach like it's going to get your clients to just buy in more to what you're actually trying to get them to do for sure because they're more willing to actually do that yeah it's so 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 true like i i learn from asking questions and i learn from you you know, I want to be able to trust you. I want to be able to know that like, whenever I ask Justin a question, like he's, he's always there to answer. He's always there to explain what's, what we're doing, why we're doing it. And, you know, a, an educated client is a successful client. Like it's just, especially with the population that we work with as well. It's like, it's so important because we're teaching them probably things they've never been taught in their lives. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to get to the final three questions. Um, I ask, final three. I ask every single, I ask every single person these same three questions to kind of, oh God, I'm scared. Podcast. Um, so first one is, um, I need to do a, would you rather, I need to come up with something that Josh did. I might take this away. I might take it from Josh, uh, <laughs> but what three things do you want people to leave with after listening to this episode? Oh, so I think the biggest one would be is stop fearing, stop fearing food and stop fearing lifting heavy. And don't be afraid to try something that you've never tried before. Because if you're doing the same thing over and over again, if you're constantly feeling like I am stuck in this exact same place, I'm feeling tired, I'm stressed. My body is just all out of whack. Like trust yourself, trust your body, be an advocate for your own health and understand what you need to do to get it back to where you need it to be, which is not restriction. It's not hours of cardio. You know what I mean? So I think just really eliminating that fear would be something huge. Um, two, I would say is do not ever doubt where you're going to be 
in the future or don't tell yourself that you cannot do something or that it's just, it's impossible. Like it's never going to happen because you just truly never know where you're going to end up. Like if I, if I, if someone would have told me back in 2018 that I would be a full-time business owner and coach, I would have said, you are effing crazy. Like I would never own my own business. Um, so definitely that. And then the third one I would say is, this is tough. I think just remember to always be a leader, no matter what, like no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, there is someone who's looking at you and there is somebody who looks up to you, whether or not you think they do, there is, there always is. So just make sure that you're always, you're, you're leading with passion, you're leading with kindness and, you know, you're leading with not BS, you're leading people in the right direction. That's what I would say. Awesome. The second to last question is uh, what three books and or podcasts, usually usually people do a mix okay. of, uh, what are your three favorite either books, podcasts, like what do you, what do you read or listen to? Ooh, okay. So very first one is the five second roll by Mel Robbins. Love that book. Seriously changed my life and made me stop hitting my snooze every single day. <laughs> That would be one. Um, second one is Grow or Die podcast. Obviously, shameless plug. Like, love Justin's podcast. And he just, I listen to him every morning on my walk and it just fires me up. Like, just, he's great. We know. And the, <laughs> <laughs> he's awesome. And then the third, I would say, is like, I'm going to give you more of an educational book, is the um, women's book by Lyle McDonald. That's probably my favorite kind of like fat loss, nutrition, training, education book. Um, it's like my go-to for everything. So those would be my top three. Damn, I have not done, I have not read that yet just because oh the physical God. copy is like $300 and I'm like, hey, what? I got it for like 40 bucks. Oh, I might need to look somewhere. Okay. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I Where think were I you that. looking? <laughs> I might have been looking on Amazon and it said like 200 bucks or something like that. I'm oh, like, there's no. no way I'm paying 200 no. bucks for a book. Um, I will link it to you. <laughs> but yeah, I do. I need to read that. I mean, I'm on, I'm on beyond the pill right now. Ah, so, I have that too. Yep. Yep. So that's a good one. Great and my book. camera keeps going in and out of focus. Um, know, that's great. Um, <laughs> and last one, probably the easiest question you're going to ask. What's uh shameless plug yourself. Uh, your 15 <laughs> seconds or whatever you want to call it a fame right here. Uh, where can people find you? Things like you got coaching. Yeah. Everything. Your time to go. Yeah. So you can find me. The best way to probably find me is either at on Instagram. So at Karagos underscore RD. And then I also have a free Facebook group. It is um, fat loss, fitness and health secrets for women. And I am super active in there. We go live every week um, and then be on the lookout soon because I might be dropping a podcast here. So that's exciting. But yeah, that would be where to find me. Awesome, guys. Uh, go take, go follow her first. Go follow Kara. And if you guys did enjoy this episode, all we do is kind of, you can go leave a five-star rating at the bottom. It takes two seconds to swipe down to the end of the page and leave one. Um, if you enjoyed the episode too, screenshot you listening, tag us on your Instagram stories, share it with a friend. Uh, really appreciate us like getting the podcast out to as many people as possible because I think this one can help a good amount of people. Yeah. Uh, so... Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Kara, for coming on the show. And thank you. Let's catch you next time on the Ace of Spada podcast.